Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we got a lot to talk about with Illinois football today on the Iwana Enquirer podcast. I am Jeremy Warner, Iwana Enquirer publisher here with you, riding solo today. Tomorrow, we are recording this podcast on Tuesday, June 29th, and I am doing this after Joey Wagner uh, is at State Farm Center. He talked with a bunch of Illinois student-athletes. He talked with Josh Whitman. I know he talked to Patrick Pearson, who's kind of in charge of Illinois football and, and their efforts with name, image, and likeness, but he was at J. B. Pritzker, the governor, signing the bill to make name, image, and likeness and athletes profiting off their name, image, and likeness legal in the state of Illinois. And that goes into effect on Thursday. So here we go. It is a new era for athletics and college athletics. And Joey got a lot of great insight. He's going to turn that around for a story. So I didn't want to bother him with this today. But uh, we're going to dive into all of that. NIL, explain what it is. Because Joey, the great thing about having him on our, our site now is He's able to handle and go more in depth on a lot of these things that I think really, really matter. Uh, obviously, I'm doing a lot of day to day with football and recruiting, and and he's allowed to kind of go, go deeper into NIL, and I think he's done a great job of covering it. So we're going to break down every angle of that tomorrow on the podcast. Today, Tuesday, there's a lot to discuss with Illinois football, and not that it's unexpected, but the timing of it is interesting, and I know a lot of people want to know what's going on. So we're going to talk about six players who have left the Illinois football program over the last 24 hours. And I want to provide some context to that because obviously that is there's a large number of players. That's what, a 12th of the Illinois football roster? And uh, some people might be alarmed by that. Some of these names people knew. A couple from playing on the field, but not many, uh, but more so probably from the recruiting aspect. But the headline, of course, is six football players enter the transfer portal, and everyone always thinks something is wrong there. And, and that depends on your interpretation of it. But what we do here and what I've done with the stories I've tried to put out there is provide context and all of that. So here's what's happened. Starting on Monday night, redshirt offensive lineman Brevin Jones entered the transfer portal. Since then, in the ensuing hours, um, five other players have entered the transfer portal. We've also gotten an Illinois football roster update which showed that two players uh, had left the program back in the spring, and that's Kevin Tyler and Pfeiffer Griffin, two more offensive linemen. So here are the names, and a lot of Illini fans might not even know these names. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably do because you're probably a hardcore Illini fan. But if you're not, if you're, if you're more of, you know, who are these guys, what, what was their uh, future like with Illinois, well, that's what we're going to provide you with. So... The players who have transferred out of the program or have left the program are Blaze Sparks, an offensive lineman out of Florida who is a redshirt freshman. He played in one game last season. Trayvon Riggins, a redshirt freshman defensive lineman who played in one game last season. I think I saw in Pro Football Focus had one snap. 
Anthony Shipton was a junior defensive tackle, a JUCO prospect that Lovey Smith brought in last year. He played or did not play in a game at all last season. Okay, here's a name you probably know, Kyron Cumbie. He was a redshirt freshman, but did play two seasons, played in nine games for Illinois, had four career catches for 42 yards, two punt returns for 40 yards, really small but really fast and shifty back. He was the most experienced of of the players who has left the program, and um, he was – he switched positions during spring practice under Brett Bielmo. So he went from wide receiver to running back. And that showed me or told me that the future probably wasn't uh, great for playing time for Kyron Cumbie because running back with Chase Brown, uh, Chase Hayden, Reggie Love, and now Mike Epstein coming back, Nick Fadonzo, they're adding some big running backs in recruiting, whether it's Josh McCray coming in this year or Jordan Anderson the year after it. Just didn't seem like it was going to be a fit for them. The biggest or highest ranked recruit who has left the program is James Frenchie, part of the Trinity Catholic group that came into Illinois with Corey Patterson, was a the number 408 recruit in the class of 2020, played in five games last year, primarily as a punt returner, but that was really just a few snaps. And it was, it was obvious in the spring that he was the third or fourth stringer. It seemed like Carlos Sandy was ahead of him uh, on the roster here. And I mentioned Brevin Jones. He transferred in from Mississippi State last year. The last staff really liked him as a left tackle, hoped to develop him into potentially the, the replacement uh, for Vidarian Lowe. But with Vidarian Lowe coming back and a new staff that prefers a little bit bigger offensive linemen. They've really taken a liking to Julian Pearl and Moses Akpala. Uh, it seemed apparent that Brevin Jones uh, probably was was not a fit for this staff because Brevin Jones at six foot five, two 270 pounds, uh, not as big and as physical as they would like. So what spurred this? That's a great question. And we haven't been able to talk with Brett Bielema about this, but it's pretty clear that Illinois and Brett Bielma had meetings with these players, and I've heard there was meetings with these players, and that brutal honesty was probably given there, that, hey, we don't see a future for you at this program. And that's unfortunate for the players, obviously. And I think it's unfortunate for the timing, most of all for me. I expected roster attrition, as you would with any coaching turnover, especially one where you're having a huge change in defensive schemes and offensive schemes, you know, going from a, a 4-3 base that was pretty um, plain, I guess I would say, with Lovey Smith, though can be effective if run well with good players. Um, you're going from that to a more versatile, multiple defense, 3-4 base with Ryan Walters. It's not a surprise, especially on the defensive line, that you'd have a change. Offensive line, there's, there's a big philosophical change. Now, Illinois, the new staff, will run some zone things like Rod Smith did before, but it's going to be more of a power run attack. You'll see more double teams instead of pulling all the time, which was kind of always the case with the past staff, is get out in space. Can you move? This staff, they want guys who just get off the ball and and you know really road-grade people in front of them. Of course, there'll be some things that are similar, but from everything I've heard, there's a big difference in that offensive line room. And to be honest with you, Here's, here's a huge piece of context. There were 19 offensive linemen during spring practice competing for practice snaps, let alone playing time. So it was obvious that there was going to be some turnover 
in that room. So if you add Kevin Tyler and Pfeiffer Griffin, two redshirt freshmen, uh, along with the redshirt freshmen that we talked about before, Blaze Sparks and Brevin Jones, it's not a surprise that there's a lot of turnover in that offensive line room because there's just not a lot of opportunity to play there. Illinois wants to bring its own style of offensive linemen as they are in the class of 2022 here coming up. So not a surprise there's, there's turnover there. And then the wide receiver room, Two guys who are leaving are probably two of the smallest wide receivers in that room. They're quick, they're fast, but this is going to be a more physical offense. And I think blocking is going to be more important. And they're not going to have as many three receiver sets. Like they will run that, uh, but it's not going to be every down, kind of like it was with Rod Smith for the most part. So Tony Peterson is going to run double tight ends a lot. You're going to see two tight ends and maybe a fullback in there at times. And he will run three wide receiver sets. But with Isaiah Williams moving into the slot, Donnie Navarro in there, you got some other wide receivers coming in. You move Marquez Beeson uh, to wide receiver. You've moved Jafar Armstrong there. That room needed... That room needed a little turnover. I've been talking about this for a while. That wide receiver room has been a weakness for Illinois. The passing game has been a huge weakness for Illinois. And of course, the quarterback room is dealing with a change, of course. And that passing attack needed some change, but it's not a surprise that wide receiver has seen some turnover. And now we've seen some quarterback turnover, right? I mean, you've seen Isaiah Williams move to wide receiver. You've seen now Coran Taylor move from quarterback to safety which he's got the talent. He's big, physical. It's a big change going from quarterback to safety. I don't expect a huge impact from Karan Taylor, but I do think with this new staff, there's more of an opportunity for Karan out at defensive back where they could use some depth. Now, to get to playing time, he's going to have to go through Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, uh, Eddie Smith, who just came in. You know, could he compete with Derek Smith, Kirby Joseph? I mean, Kirby's got you know foot positions a couple times to wide receiver. Derek Smith... Feels like a linebacker more in a defensive back's body, but uh, you know he might have a chance there down the road. Uh, quarterback, it is clear they're going to a pocket passer. Brandon Peters is your starter. Uh, Art Sikowski is brought in to be the backup. Those are six foot five, two hundred twenty pound quarterbacks. And Art Sikowski, if he plays better than Brandon Peters or Peters struggles, you know he's got a chance to to unseat him. But you know. Deuce Span, Samari Collier, recruited by the past staff. It'll be very interesting to see where they go from here. Deuce Span's a, f- a phenomenal athlete. But I guess it's all suffice to say that these positions that are, are having big changes, it's not a surprise that, one, there's attrition, but two, um, you know, you see some position changes as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law now, Brett Bielema was proud that you know, he said it many times during the spring 
that none of his inherited players uh, asked to transfer after spring ball. Obviously, things have changed since then. Um, again, not a surprise with coaching turnover that there is attrition. It's just the lateness of this is a little bit of a surprise because all these players have come back to campus seemingly expecting to be part of this roster and, and part of this team moving forward. Um, but there had to be you know, a change over the last couple of days where Bielma met with them and said, you know, this isn't going to be a fit for you moving forward or a fit for us. And there's another part of the calendar at play. It is June 29th. We have two days until the deadline for players to enter the transfer portal and to be eligible immediately. So that one-time penalty-free transfer rule, you have to be in the portal by July 1st of this year. I think next year that moves to June 1st. I should have checked that before this, but I believe it's a month earlier. But this year, given uh, the COVID issues and how late this rule was put into place, it was July 1st. So for these players to be eligible at another school, they have to get in that transfer portal before Thursday. So it, it, did, it made sense of why you had a roster update officially today and why you're starting to see these guys enter the transfer portal. My concern with these guys would be how many, how much, you know, how many places have roster spots open, how many spots are available. Like, all these guys have talent. You know, I think Blaze Sparks especially was maybe the one that surprised me the most because the last staff loved him. He traveled to every game, big kid, 6'7", 300 pounds. Um, and, and the last staff thought he could be a road grader, and they thought the future at right tackle was Blaze Sparks. Now, you get a different staff, and they have a different opinion, right? And, and maybe they didn't like something about his movement. Uh, maybe they didn't like something about his bill. I don't know. But Blaze Sparks surprised me a little bit. Um, but James Frenchy obviously has talent. The offers, the Power 5 offers he had. Kyron Cumbie, the Power 5 offers he had. Trayvon Riggins had a bunch of Power 5 offers. I've already seen this, and it, it's re- I'm really happy to see it. Anthony Shipton has already earned a couple offers. He put it out on Instagram uh, already today after entering the portal. He's gotten offers from Akron uh, and Montana State. So hopefully these guys all land on their feet and, and have a lot of success moving forward. The interesting thing is Kevin Tyler and Pfeiffer Griffin uh, one of the reasons it's kind of gone under the radar that they, you know, left the program back in the spring is one, they didn't announce it, but two, they haven't entered the transfer portal yet. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see where they go from here. The other part of this um, is a potential roster crunch is coming in college football. The NCAA allowed all of these athletes an extra year of eligibility and all these super seniors who are coming back, which by my count, Illinois has 21. If you include some of the walk-ons who got uh, returned for another year. And I know Illinois throws, I think Mike Epstein and Chase Hayden in there, even though they're juniors on the official roster. So Illinois, I think has said 22, but it's, it's 20 something, 20 something super seniors who are returning for Illinois. If you could uh, walk-ons and all of that. And none of those guys count against the 85-man scholarship limit, which every school, every program is allowed 85 scholarships per year. With that extra year of eligibility, the NCAA is allowing them to go over that. So Illinois might have, by my count today, and this could be off, they have 89 guys on scholarship. And they they have to pay for all of that, but they're not capped at 85 this year. Next year, though, The NCAA is not expected to allow that. So all of these guys, not just seniors, juniors, sophomores, freshmen, like there are guys who are redshirt freshmen on this roster who are in their third year. Those guys still have eligibility for three remaining years. Now, Illinois only has to give them four years by Big Ten rules, but 
they could be here for more years than that. Like Isaiah Williams, I'm sure Illinois would love to give him six years of scholarship and for him to stay here for four additional years of making an impact on the field. But in 2022, Illinois has to get back under that 85-man scholarship. And this certainly, this attrition gives them more wiggle room. Gives them more wiggle room to add players they want. Then I have to worry about a roster crunch in the class of 2022 to add transfers potentially as early as this summer. I know Brett Bielema would love to win right away. And if he can add pieces to his roster uh, through the transfer portal before August and before they take on Nebraska, I'm sure he'd really, really like to do that. I know cornerback has been a position they've looked at. Wide receiver has been a position they've looked at. Though with wide out, they feel a lot better with Isaiah Williams uh, in, in that room. I know that for sure. But that that roster crunch uh, is probably going to get a little bit more manageable for Illinois moving forward after uh, this underclassman attrition, really. So that's another thing you have to look at. But what what is the impact of this? I'm sure... You know, I've already already seen it from some of our national guys or, or Big Ten guys. Is what's going on in Illinois? That this could hurt them. Listen, I don't. Obviously, Brett Bielema did not think all of these guys were were going to make an impact on his program. So for Bielema, I'm sure he sees this as an opportunity to add the pieces he wants, and that's that's mostly true of any coach who takes over a program. They're not going to like everything going on in that program, right? Because there was a reason they got hired. Because usually the guy before him didn't do so well and, and lovey smith obviously did not do so well you know covid year or not you know the the record wasn't there for him and josh whitman decided to move on so obviously brett bielma was not going to like everything going on in that program or all these guys on the roster but combined all of these guys had 116 snaps last season according to pro football focus so i don't think that number would have gone up that much and it probably would have gone down based on how they felt about Cumby, Sparks, Frenchie, some of the guys I thought had a chance to, to make an impact long-term. Didn't think Shipton was going to make a big impact. Brevin Jones, you know, saw him at camp, and he still looked thin. So I just had doubts of, you know, if you're not up to 290 by now, are you going to get there uh, in time? I, I do like his upside, but didn't feel like he was going to get there. And Shipton just felt like Illinois needed a defensive tackle last year, and they, they took Shipton, a Juco prospect who had a couple – FBS and high major or power five offers. But uh, then they had a Roderick Perry, who was a big upgrade for them. So it just felt like Shipton, especially with the way Johnny Newton played, um, what they think of Calvin Avery and how he played this spring, didn't feel like he was going to make a big impact. Um, So, yeah, I don't think this is going to make a huge impact. It's not the greatest PR that it all happens on the same day, I can tell you that much. So it does give you those headlines. It does give you, you know, other teams or other fan bases a chance to. Say, hey, what's going on there? You sure you want to go there? But that's that's up to Bielma uh, to to really explain it to whoever, whether it's us media, you as fans, or recruits, or whatever it is. But my thesis would be not unexpected. It's just the timing is interesting, right? And I think the timing is really unfortunate for the players. Um, I, I think this could have happened in May, and it would have made a lot more sense for the players and maybe a little more sense for Illinois to, to free up some spots. But I do think Illinois now has a chance to add to its roster immediately, whether that's, you know, I know they had a, a graduate prep student on campus here in June that I've written about on the, on the message board on the VIP side, um, whether that's a, a transfer. There's still some talented transfers in that portal, and now Illinois, Illinois adds a couple on the way out. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see where they go from here. But I wouldn't be too alarmed about it based on the roster and how Brett Bielema evaluated these players. 
Um, I, I do think, you know, this is kind of the, the bad side of college sports, though, is these guys were all bought into Illinois. And certainly Bielman and his staff gave these guys a chance, you know, in the spring and, and during the summer, during workouts to see what they had. But there is the side of there's a big money business, right? There's a big money business, and Brett Bielma has pressure, right? Even though he's in the honeymoon, as he said before, there's pressure to win right away. And players are, you know, when they don't fit a certain system or they don't fit a certain coach, the coach usually is pretty honest about it and tells them, hey, we don't see a path forward for you. So it doesn't work out for everybody. And I just hope all these players land on their feet uh, and do well. And it it seems like all of them are saying the right things on on the way out, and and that should uh, bode well for them moving forward. So that's the breakdown of why six exited Illinois football uh, on this last 24 hours, Monday, June 28th, and Tuesday, June 29th. As I said, we're going to break down NIL and every kind of angle to this because, man, this is going to this is going to go into effect on Thursday. And what's it going to look like? How is this going to be enforced? What can players make off this? We're going to talk about that with Joey Wagner, who's been covering the heck out of NIL from the Illini perspective and the state of Illinois perspective for a while. So I'm looking forward to talking with Joey on that tomorrow. Check out the site. Joey's going to have content there. I just saw Derek Piper posted a trending meter. For the class of 2022, after the staff has hit the uh, hit the road again for the first time in 15 months, they get back-to-back weekends out there on the recruiting trail, and and with the new staff, you got new priorities in recruiting. You got new offers out there with Chester Frazier and Jeff Alexander, and the mysterious third assistant whenever he is able to join Illinois. But right now, that's Tyler Underwood with the waiver. He's out there, but Brett uh, Brad Underwood has been out there on the trail as well. So check all of that out at IlliniInquire.com. And don't forget, it's $1 for your first month. If you want to sign up for a new subscription, you can check out that trending meter right now, which I'm about to do. I'm about to go do that right now myself and see what Derek Piper has to say about all this Illinois basketball recruiting. And of course, everything going on with Illinois football will continue to cover that. Some big decisions in recruiting coming up, and we'll break that all down at IlliniInquire.com. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast and rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Tomorrow, I'll have a guest on this. Make this way more interesting. Joey Wagner on NIL. But until then, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.